0: Hello, Cathedral family. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. Thanks so much for being here. I want to welcome all those Cathedral family friends, uh, guests that are with us today, all those watching online, wherever you're at on campus. Thanks for beginning Holy Week Here with us, we've been in a series called Say Something. We've been looking at the seven game-changing words that Jesus spoke when he was on the cross. And for the next few moments, I'd like to talk to you about one of those words. It's a very important word, and the word is this, paradise. Paradise. Would you say that with me? Paradise. I heard about these two older guys. They love baseball. They just love baseball. They listen to baseball, they watch baseball, they talk baseball, they love baseball, and they got into a discussion one day about whether or not there would be baseball in heaven. So they made a pact, and they said, whichever one of us dies first, you have to find a way to get a message back to earth on whether or not there's baseball in heaven. Well, one of them did pass away, and sure enough, he found a way to come back and tell his friend. He appeared in a dream, and he told his friend, I have good news and bad news for you. The good news is there's baseball in heaven. The bad news is you're scheduled to pitch tomorrow, so good news, bad news. thing. So. When it comes to the subject of the afterlife. I mean, this is the game changer. If there's one question that is the big question of life, what happens when you die? The reason it's such an important question is that studies show that one out of every one person dies. (laughs) Mortality is universal. In fact, in one film, a boy is talking about this very thing. Watch the screens, and you can see it for yourself.
1: Bob? Yeah? Are you afraid of death? Yeah. Me too. There's no way out of it. You're going to die. I'm going to die. It's going to happen. And what difference does it make if it's tomorrow or eighty years? Much sooner in your case. Do you know how fast time goes? I was six like yesterday. Me too. I'm going to die. You are going to die. What else is there to be afraid
0: of? Oh, yes. It is true. Death is the one thing we all have in common. And that's why this question, what happens when you die? I mean, it's a game-changing question. Nothing is more important than this question. Now, there are folks that have different answers to that question. Some, like atheist Richard Dawkins, he believes that the universe is just the product of random chance. And so all there is is matter. There's no such thing as a human soul. When your heart stops beating and your brain stops functioning, that's the end. There's nothing after that. Of course, that means that you don't really matter and what we do doesn't really matter because all we I- are is matter. And there are about 10% survey show of folks that think about the afterlife that way. And then there are other folks who are a little bit more like George Clooney. George Clooney was very close to his uncle and he was there when his uncle passed away. And he opened up in an interview about that experience and here's what George Clooney said, he said, I don't know if I believe in heaven or even God, but my uncle might be somewhere watching me. That there might be something, there could be something, but he's just not sure of what it is or what it looks like. Surveys show that about 10% of folks think of the afterlife in that way. And then we come to the day's word from the cross and we meet a thief a criminal. He was a bad dude. And he's coming to the end of his life. Jesus was crucified between two criminals. Isaiah 53 had predicted that the Messiah would be numbered among the transgressors. And so here is Jesus nailed to the cross with a criminal on his right and a criminal on his left. And this criminal over here He knows he has lived a bad life. And he believes that there is something beyond death. That he's getting ready to meet his maker. And so he talks to Jesus about his own future. Isn't that interesting? He's a few moments from death, and he's talking to Jesus about his future. Three different views on the afterlife. Who should we believe? Where do we look for reliable evidence? It seems to me when it comes to the afterlife, the most important person you can look to is to look to the words of Jesus because he's the only one in history, amen? Jesus is the only one in history who once and for all defeated death. To prove that what he was saying is true. The resurrection is the game changer that proves that Jesus knows what he's talking about when it comes to the afterlife. Now there's plenty of other evidence for the afterlife. There's evidence from physics and evidence from philosophy and anthropology. Did you know that in virtually every human culture throughout every part of history people have believed in the afterlife. In one uh, authoritative book on the subject, Alan Siegel writes this, he says, every culture from the dawn of mankind has espoused some concept of continued existence. God has written eternity on every human heart, and that's why you have this universal longing in people throughout all of history. Time Magazine ran an article about near-death experiences, and in the article, this is what they say. Most near-death survivors say they don't think there is a God, they know. There's plenty of evidence that points to the fact that there must be something more. And yes, the mo- yet the most important place to turn to is to turn to the words of Jesus from the cross. He's the only one that defeated death once and for all. And because of that, we can trust his word on the most important question we could ever ask. What happens after we die? I'm going to invite you to stand with me as I read this word. If everybody would stand for the reading of Luke chapter 23, the story of Jesus and the thieves that were crucified with him. Follow along with me, and then we'll all read the word of Jesus together when we get there. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, so you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too. While you're at it, you can hear it dripping with sarcasm. The other criminal protested, don't you fear God? Even when you have been sentenced to die, we deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong this guy knows criminals he's one criminal and he knows that Jesus is no criminal and then he says to Jesus Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom and Jesus replied let's all say this together I assure you today you will be with me in paradise can we say that again I assure you Today, you will be with me in paradise. Can we give God praise for the hope that we find in his word, amen? Hallelujah! Because of Jesus, we have hope. Hope in this life and hope in the next life. Turn to somebody before you're seated and tell them, we have hope today. Go ahead, we have hope today. We have hope today. Jesus said I assure you someone needs to hear that this weekend I assure you today you will be with me in paradise paradise I found some pictures of what paradise is like over here you can see a picture of a dog's paradise and then you can see a picture of a cat's paradise right here What was Jesus thinking when he used this word paradise? What kind of image comes to mind? Well, the word paradise was a Persian word that referred to a garden, a garden that had a wall around it. And when you think of garden, you think of beauty. Have you ever gone to a place that just takes your breath away the sights and the smells and the sounds of a beautiful garden my wife and I once had a chance to go to a garden like that up in British Columbia the Bouchard Gardens the way we got there is we took a boat some people might call it a ship I call it a boat the way it rocked back and forth in the Pacific Ocean it was more like a boat we got on the boat in San Francisco and I should have had a clue When people that had come up on the boat from Southern California, half of them got off. It was too rough. But not me, oh no. My wife and I walked onto the boat with my mom and dad and we got into that rough water and we looked like drunken sailors trying to keep our balance, it was crazy. People were lying around the hallways green as this grass Just talking about it right now is making me a little seasick. But eventually, we made it all the way up to British Columbia. We went to Bouchard Gardens. Now, you couldn't just walk in. You had to have a ticket. And so I went up to the window and bought two tickets to paradise. And we went into the garden. And you can see the beauty. Here's a picture of my wife and I. All the way back in 1960. Or not... (laughs) I'm not that old, 1865, all the way back in 1986, there we are, oh, she's as beautiful today as she was back then, my wife, she's wonderful, she really is, and we're seeing this garden, and you just can't believe it, I mean, the, the, the flowers, and the trees, and the The plants and everywhere you looked, even the statues, they were striking, you can see there. I was a ham even back then. But this picture of immeasurable beauty is the picture Jesus gives us of paradise. That when you die, you're on your way to a garden, to the garden of God. Do you remember where life started? It started in a garden, the Garden of Eden. And when things went wrong, the man and the woman, they had to leave the garden. But thanks be to God, sin will not have the last word on the garden. Jesus will have the last word on the garden, and we're on our way back to paradise. Hallelujah! I mean, even now here on earth, We get glimpses here and there of paradise, especially living in the Bay Area. What a beautiful area we live in. We get a taste of paradise right here and now, and yet we all know that there are still a lot of weeds that we have to deal with. And there's a lot of thorns we have to face. And maybe that's where you're at this weekend. Well, you're knee deep in weeds and you've got a thorn in your side. And it feels like it's going to last forever. Friend, can I tell you, you may be going through a difficult time right now, but it will not last forever. It will not last forever. The paradise is waiting for you. In fact, the Bible puts it this way. It says, what we suffer now is nothing. Nothing. Nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. Can we give God praise, amen, that we are on our way to paradise. And the best thing about paradise is not so much even the place, it's the person that we're on our way to see. Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. What's gonna make paradise Paradise is the fact that Jesus is there, and we're going to see him face to face. And we're going to walk with him and talk with him. And we're going to work with him and worship him. It's not so much the place, it's the person. We're on our way to see Jesus. That is the best thing about paradise. Back in the day, there was a guy by the name of Eddie Money. Anybody remember him? And he had this song out called Two Tickets to Paradise. Anybody remember that song? Well, you're as old as I am. Amen. (laughs) Two Tickets to Paradise. I was reading the story about that song. Two Tickets to Paradise. Right. I was reading the story about that song. And it seems that Eddie Money wrote this about an experience he had in college. That when he was in college, he didn't have any money. And so all he could afford was a bus ticket. But what he did is he bought two butts tickets for him and his girlfriend to go up to Northern California and see the Redwoods. And this song is about that trip. And this is what he said in the interview. He said, you don't have to go to some exotic location like Paris or Rome to enjoy yourself. If you are in love, any trip is paradise. If you are in love, any trip is paradise. Never thought I'd say amen to Eddie Money in church, but here I am saying amen to Eddie Money. If you're in love, any trip is paradise. And that's what makes paradise so appealing. Because when we pass away, we will see Jesus, the one who loves us, and the one who we love. We are on our way to paradise. And all God's people said, amen. So Jesus says, I assure you, it's not me, it's Jesus saying this, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise when we die That's not all there is. There is an afterlife. And you're invited to be in the garden. You're either inside the garden or outside the garden. And this is usually the place that is referred to as hell. And I got to tell you, hell is very hard to talk about. But the same Jesus that talked about heaven is the same jesus that talked about hell and if i'm going to take his word on the one i've got to take his word on the other jesus wants everybody to be in paradise with him that's really what holy week is all about that jesus gives up his life nobody really took the life of jesus The religious leaders, they pushed for his execution. And the Romans, they carried out the execution. And demonic powers celebrated his execution. But nobody really took the life of Jesus. Remember who Jesus is. He's not only the Lamb of God, he's the Lion of Judah. And at any time, Jesus could have roared and consumed his enemies. But to save others, he could not save himself. And so he gives up his life for us. Jesus says, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. And Jesus loves us so much. Jesus loves us so much that he comes all the way from heaven to earth and all the way from earth to a cross and he gives up his life and builds a bridge for us so that we can be in paradise with him. That's what he wants. And yet Jesus will never force you. If you don't want to be in paradise with him, ultimately you will have your way. C.S. Lewis put it this way. He said, there are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God says, in the end, thy will be done. And the cross is the, well, it's the dividing point of human history and human destiny. We see it demonstrated on both sides of the cross. On this side, you have a thief that is saved. On this side, you have a thief that is lost. On this side, you have a thief who is in Christ. On this side, you have a a thief who is in Adam. On this side, you have a thief who believes. On this side, you have a thief who does not believe. They represent all humanity. I'm either on this side or on this side. There's no room for neutrality when it comes to Jesus. But Jesus opens his arms this wide and says, this is how much I love you. I give up my life so you can be in paradise with me. Can we thank God for that kind of love? Hallelujah. We thank him for that kind of love. We have hope. Say that with me. We have hope. That brings us to the last movement in the message. And I want everybody to really lock in on this. I don't want you to miss this. This is so important. And if there is an afterlife, and Jesus says, I assure you, how do you get your ticket? How do you get a ticket to paradise? there was a Sunday school teacher who had a group of five-year-olds in his class and he wanted to teach them about heaven. And so he asked them the question, he said, if I sold my house and sold my car and gave all my money to the poor, would that get me into heaven? And the kid said, no. He said, all right, what if I was kind to animals and loved my wife and gave toys to my kids. Would that get me into heaven? And all the kids said, no. And he said to the class, he said, well, what do I have to do to get into heaven? And one kid shouted, you got to be dead. (laughs) And he's right. But besides that, How do you get a ticket to paradise? This is really important for us to get our arms around today. If there is an afterlife, it's the most important question. And the second most important question is, well, if there is an afterlife, how do I have a ticket to paradise? And in these words, we find a key. We do what the thief on the cross does. We look at Jesus, and then we look to Jesus, and we put our faith and trust in him. Both of the criminals looked at Jesus. Both of them had the same information. Both of them had the same opportunity. Both of them looked at Jesus but only one of them looked to Jesus and put his faith and trust in Jesus. Only one of them has a change of heart and he has a change of heart while he's hanging on a cross. Have you noticed that most of the time our hearts don't change when we're sitting on the couch? Most of the time our hearts change when we're up on the cross. But whatever it takes to change our heart, the thief, his heart changes on the cross and he puts his faith and trust in Jesus. And he says, Jesus, remember me when you come in to your kingdom. Remember me when you come in Your kingdom. This right here is the greatest example of faith that you will see in the entire Bible because there is nothing. This man knows nothing about Jesus. All he sees is the sign that hangs above the head of Jesus, and the sign says, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. But the sign was meant to be a joke. And yet it becomes an invitation card that God uses to invite this thief into the kingdom of God. And the thief looks at Jesus. He sees the sign. He sees the Savior. And he takes this wild leap of faith and says, Jesus, I believe. I believe you're the king. What a leap of faith it is. Jesus, a king, he has no throne but a cross. He has no crown but thorns. He has no scepter but nails. Jesus looks like anything but a king. And yet even in that moment, the the thief takes a leap of faith and Jesus catches him. St. Augustine said Jesus was rejected by those who saw him raise the dead. Jesus was not rejected by the thief who saw him hanging on the cross. He looks at Jesus, and then he looks to Jesus, and he believes that Jesus is the king. He takes a leap of faith into the afterlife with Jesus, and Jesus' last companion on earth is his first companion in paradise. That is the ticket to paradise, amen? Jesus is the ticket. See, look at his words. The, The thief says, remember me. Say that with me, remember me. He doesn't know all the words. He doesn't say the sinner's prayer. He doesn't recite the Nicene Creed. All he says is, Remember me. But for Jesus, that is enough. He sees the man's heart. And when the man's heart turns toward Jesus, Jesus says, That's enough for me, and invites him by his grace into paradise. Remember me. That's all he says. He couldn't remember me, say that with me. Remember me, he couldn't buy his own ticket to paradise. I want everybody to hear this. The one difference is that every other religion in the world says the way you get into paradise is you buy your own ticket. You buy your own ticket. You do enough good things here on this earth, that's the way you get into paradise. Only in Christianity is it all about grace. It's the grace of God that gets you into paradise. I mean, what could the the thief do? What could the thief do to buy his own ticket? He couldn't get baptized, he couldn't take communion, he couldn't volunteer, he couldn't come to church. All he could do was look to Jesus and say, remember me. But friend, that is enough. It's the grace of God that gets us into paradise. Hallelujah. It's what Jesus has done, not what we do. That is the ticket to paradise. Jesus says, today you will be with me In paradise today say that with me today today it's interesting Jesus doesn't say today you'll be with me in purgatory if anybody could have used some time in purgatory this was a bad dude he should have spent some time there but Jesus in his grace says today you will be with me in paradise today Jesus doesn't say, Today you will be with me in karma. If there's anybody that could have used some karma, this was a bad guy. He deserved to come back to earth in the form of a rat. He was a bad guy. But Jesus in his grace says, today you will be with me in paradise. Friend, when you're in paradise, you're not going to walk around saying, look what I did. Look what I did. You're going to walk around saying, look what, what Jesus did. He is the reason I'm here. I put my faith and trust in him. Jesus is the ticket. There was a dad who had a son, and his son had four buddies, and he took them to the carnival. And when he did, he uh, went up to the counter and bought all these tickets. And You know how that works at the carnival, where the kids go around, and you give them tickets for each of the rides. And so at every ride, five little hands would reach up like this to get a ticket. And by the end of the day, the dad noticed that there were six little hands reaching up for tickets. (laughs) And the dad looked at the boy. He didn't know him. He said, who are you? And the boy said, I'm your son's new friend. (laughs) And your son said, since I was his friend, I could get a ticket from you. And I thought to myself, exactly, exactly. When you're a friend of the Son, you get a ticket from the Father. And that's how you go to paradise. Amen. Be a friend to the Son. You get a ticket from the Father. The Bible says he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. That is the hope that we find in Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment as the tech team gets ready to the World of Arts presentation of the triumphal entry? Let me ask you a question. Do you have a ticket to paradise today? Where do you stand with Jesus? If you're here and you would say, Pastor Ken, this weekend, at the start of Holy Week, I wanna surrender my life to Christ. I don't wanna be a fan of Jesus, I wanna be a follower of Jesus. Every journey starts with a step, and today you wanna step across the line and declare that I'm a follower of Jesus. I see how much I'm loved by him. Holy Week is all about his love reaching out to me so that I can have life, real life, meaningful life, both now and forever. That's the hope that we find in Christ. And if that's a decision you're making today, if you're here on campus, those watching online, I invite you to do something. It's our way of looking to Jesus and saying, remember me. If that's the decision you're making, lift up your hand real high and just say, Jesus, remember me. Wherever you're at, Jesus, remember me. Remember me. We believe. We don't know everything, but Jesus, we believe. We believe you're the king. We believe you have a kingdom, and we want to be a part of it. Remember me. Jesus, thank you so much for all those who are making decisions today to put their faith and trust in you. Jesus, thank you for giving us hope in this life and the next life. And Jesus, like that man on the cross, we do believe. We do believe, we take a leap of faith today, and we say that you are the king, and you have a kingdom, and we want to be a part of it. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, all God's people said, amen. 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 Let's give God praise, amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, I hope you're ready to celebrate, because the triumphal entry is going to be presented by our World of Arts team. Give them a great big welcome as they come.
1: He's riding on a donkey. Have you seen him? He's coming. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we lift our voices to worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we lift our voices to worship you. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, we lift our voices to worship you, Lord. For you are wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We give you honor and majesty worthy of.
2: of Nazareth. Do you not hear what these children and disciples are saying? It's blasphemy! Let the little children come to me. Come. Come on. Come on. Caiaphas, have you not read the scriptures? (laughs) For they say that from the lips of little ones shall come his praise. (laughs) I tell you, if these children were to keep silent, the very stones would sing out in praise.
1: Master, master!
0: Please, I'm Jairus, and my little girl is dying. I beg you, please, come, put your hand on her so she will be healed. I know you can heal her, you are the Messiah. Please come.
2: Of course I will go with you. Who touched me? Master, forgive me.
1: I've been sick for twelve years. No doctor has made me whole, but I heard of you and I knew if I could just touch you. Even if just your robe. I'd be healed.
2: My daughter, your faith has made you whole. Now go and be free from your suffering. Please,
1: I'm Master, please I'm healed. I'm healed. You need not trouble the rabbi any longer. Your daughter is dead.
2: Jairus, do not worry. Only believe.
1: But but I assure you, Master, she's dead. You're too late.
2: Woman, why are you crying? For I tell you, your daughter is not dead. She's only asleep.
1: Can you see that? How dare you? What kind of man are you?
2: Little one, I say to you, Arise!
1: Look! Did you see that? You are wonderful, Counselor Honor the prince of peace we give you honor and majesty worthy of glory we bow
2: A sinner. Whether he's
1: a sinner or not, I don't know. But what I do know is my life was hopeless and filled with pain. But now, now, now I'm healed, Master! 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 (laughs) She's healed? Look at you.
2: Do not let your heart be troubled peace I give you my peace I leave with you though you may have trouble in this world but remember when you're weary when you're feeling small When tears are in your eyes I will dry them all I'm on your side Oh, when times are up Pain just is all. When you're on the streets, when evening falls so hard.
0: Just a couple of quick things, and I'll dismiss you. First of all, would you let this worship arts department know how much you appreciate them helping us to celebrate. And the week has just begun. I encourage you. We've got services happening all week long, Good Friday, Easter weekend. Uh, We hope that you can join us and invite somebody out with you. One other thing, if you made a decision to follow Jesus today, it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. It's not the end of the journey. It's the start of a lifelong journey with God. We'd like to send a certificate that marks this moment. This was the day that I said, remember me to Jesus. And so if that's the decision you're making, there's two ways you can get that certificate. One is you can use your phone and text The word believe to the number that you see on the screen, if you text the word believe to that number, we'll get that to you. Or you can stop at one of the guest centers on your way out, and they can help you with that too. Again, congratulations on the great decision you made today to become a follower of Jesus. God is good and all the time.